We're going to go to a little bit of a different passage for Thanksgiving. Daniel chapter number 6. Daniel chapter number 6. Stay seated, no matter what Brother Zach says, stay seated this time, okay? <laughs> I'm picking with you. I'm telling you, the reason I wanted to sit down was I needed to catch my breath, okay? Uh, after three verses of a two-pager, I had to catch my breath and sit down a little bit. I was thankful we got a reprieve on one of them. But tonight, I'm going I'm to flip the script a little bit. I'm going to give you the introduction before we read uh, to kind of prep the message because the message is very unusual it's for a Thanksgiving message. And by the way, don't go by the clock tonight, okay? The clock is wrong. It is not 1221. You're thinking, man, we just had such a good time in the Lord. It's already after midnight. No, uh, it's not. Uh, we were up here working on things for Sunday night last night. We was up here late uh, trying to make sure our lighting was correct outside in the parking lot. And your pastor was flipping breakers. And evidently, I flipped that one. And uh, so I was letting you know that's my fault, but the clock is not right. It's, it's, it's really only 7.05. I got 55 minutes uh, to go. Amen. I was thinking about Thanksgiving this week a lot and, and thinking about praying about what the Lord has to preach on. And uh, the Lord directed us to Daniel 6. And I told my wife, a very unusual passage for a Thanksgiving message. But the Lord laid it on our heart as I began to unfold the, the passage we're going to read here in a minute. Uh, boy, what a beautiful picture of Thanksgiving. But when we think about Thanksgiving tonight, I'll bet you uh, there's a good chance that a particular picture pops in your mind, or at least it did for mine. And my wife understood it when I mentioned it to her. And I think we have that picture. I'm going to show it to you. It is a Norman Rockwell painting uh, that uh, really depicts a lot of times what we see during the Christmas season. Is it up there, guys? There it is. How many of you have seen that picture before? Norman Rockwell. That's what I think about when I think of Thanksgiving. We had that beautifully uh, golden turkey there on the plate. The family's gathered around there. And that's what I picture as the perfect Thanksgiving, even though a lot of times they're not perfect, are they? Uh, sometimes the bird is burnt and things along that line. But I looked up the history about that picture, and that picture was inspired by President Franklin Roosevelt's speech that he gave to Congress, I think around 1941 is when he gave it, and he listed four basic universal human rights. One was the freedom of speech, one was the freedom of worship, one was the freedom from fear, and the last was the freedom from want. And Norman Rockwell heard that, that, that phrase, freedom from one, and he painted that painting inspired by that speech that Roosevelt gave that in America, we have all of this plenty, we are blessed, we have an abundance of food and all that God's done for us. And so he entitled that picture, Freedom from One. And isn't that the case when we think about Thanksgiving? When we think about the Thanksgiving season, we begin thinking about an abundance, don't we? How God has blessed us uh, in our country. We have more than so many people around the world, than most around the world. And when we think about Thanksgiving, we look at reflecting on God's bountiful blessings, right? If I were to ask you tonight, what are you thankful for? You'd probably start giving me a list of things that God has given you and things that God has done for you. There's a question I want to pose to you tonight introducing this message. How often do we think about Thanksgiving and we equate Thanksgiving with things we enjoy? Think about it. When you think about things you're thankful for, I'll promise you in your top ten, at least nine of them are going to be things that have favored you. I say, I'm going to thank the Lord for my new car, or thank the Lord for a good bill of health, or I'm going to thank the Lord. Uh, I saw some of our kids uh, this past weekend, I think it was Sarah Bickham, killed a nice deer. Was it yesterday, I think it was? Thank the Lord for blessing you with a nice deer, or, or, or maybe you didn't have to pay as many taxes this year. And say, hey, I thank the Lord for that. 
And we think about Thanksgiving, we think about things God has blessed us with that are favorable to us, or we equate Thanksgiving with things that we enjoy or things that we like or things that we've gained. And I'll be honest with you, that's understandable, all right? If, I, if I'm going to tell you things I'm thankful for this year, I'm going to give things that are positive, things that I like, things that make me feel good, things that I enjoy, things that I counted gain in my life. But here's what I want you to think about tonight. If our thanksgiving is limited to things that favored us, you're going to miss out on probably half of the opportunities that you have to be thankful and to give thanks. It got quiet there on that one. I'm going to say it again so you get what I said. If you're only thankful for things that favored you, and you're only thankful for things that you enjoyed or things that you consider to be gain, I dare say tonight you're going to miss out on half the opportunities to be thankful and to give thanks unto God. So how do you know? Well, I'll give you an example. The Bible says, 1 Thessalonians 5, 18, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Do you know tonight that thanksgiving should not be conditional? You say, what do you mean by that? Well, I'm thankful for the deer and for the money, and I'm thankful for health, and I'm thankful for my car and my house. Those are all good things, but the Bible says we're to give thanks in everything. In, every give, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God concerning you. Can I tell you, everything in my life does not benefit me. Everything in my life doesn't feel good. Everything in my life is not gained to me and is not favored to me. And yet God says, I'm to be thankful in all things. Now, folks, if we don't get this tonight, you're going to miss out on an opportunity to understand truly what Thanksgiving is all about. Thanksgiving is not when everything goes right. Well, I'm going to give thanks when things are going right. No, no, no. The Bible says in everything. That means when things are going wrong, do you know the truth of the matter is if we painted that picture in real time today in our homes, the turkey probably would be burned, right? There would probably be some missing people at the table. Why? Because family doesn't always get together. Sometimes you lose loved ones. Sometimes the person serving that golden turkey or even the burnt turkey might even be a single mom. The picture's not always good. It's not always rosy. Our life is not always going to be a Norman Rockwell painting. But the truth of the matter is, my Bible says that in everything, give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. I believe tonight, I want to show you in one verse, or a few verses actually, God's word is calling us to a deeper understanding of thanksgiving. That we not be shallow tonight in our thanksgiving. I'm thankful for all the good stuff. No, the Bible says in everything, in all things we give. The Bible says that's the will of God concerning us. Now, that part is hard, isn't it? It's hard to be thankful for less, isn't it? It's easy to be thankful for more. It's easy to be thankful for an abundance. It's hard to be thankful for less. It's hard to be thankful for the things that are less preferable. When you have a bad day, when you don't feel good, when somebody's mean to you, those are things that are hard to be thankful for, and yet our God calls us to that. Just this afternoon, I'm sitting on the back porch, and I'm finishing up my outline for tonight, and a beautiful day today, wasn't it? Well, the Lord blessed us with a beautiful day. Just the right temperature. If it hadn't been church night, I might have thought of going deer hunting. It was a beautiful day for hunting today. I'm sitting on my back porch, studying this out about being thankful in everything and everything. And all things give thanks. My neighbor's dog began barking. I believe that dog was sent here by the devil, but it's used by God to teach me patience. I don't know what he's barking at. I really don't. 
I might even pay the vet bill to get him checked out and make sure his barker is just not stuck on autoplay, you know. Repeat, repeat, repeat. That's all he does is bark. And I'm sitting there, and I'm getting very agitated. Uh, I'm one of those people that once you hear something, I can't unhear it. You're laying in bed at night, and the faucet's dripping, and you're trying to ignore it, but you can't. You just can't. It's dripping. Or maybe the vent in our, the vent in our, in our bedroom, sometimes a little, the open-closed part of the vent, it rattles sometimes, you know, and I'm trying to ignore it. My wife has such peace. She just sleeps so good, and, I'm just sitting, and I can't do anything until I finally get up and I move it where it quits vibrating. I was that way with the dog. I was getting so aggravated. Here I am trying to be spiritual, and this dog is barking at nothing. I mean nothing. He's barking at the sky. I can't see what he's barking at. And I'm getting so aggravated. And boy, the Holy Spirit and everything give thanks. I'm thinking, now wait a minute. There's a line somewhere. A yapping dog while I'm trying to study? You want me to be thankful for that? And so I actually use that dog as a test today. I'm sitting there and I'm thinking to myself, how can I give thanks for this dog that I really just want to strangle. I know some of you are pet lovers and all that, but I just, I just look, I'd, I would be fine if the dog died. All dogs go to heaven, right? That, that what the movie said. And I'm thinking to myself, how on earth do I give thanks for the unfavorable things? And I thought, you know, I know deaf people who can't hear a dog bark. I said, I give thanks to the Lord that I can hear that dog bark. I want to tell you, it took me a few minutes to get there. But I got to the place where I could give thanks in something that I did not enjoy. Now, believe it or not, I don't know that I've ever heard a Thanksgiving message preached about Daniel. I'm sure somebody has. But I believe Daniel is going to be a perfect case study on how our perspective really determines our praise. And that's what we're going to preach on tonight. Tonight, before we head off into the holidays, I want to give you a perspective of praise where we can give thanks in all things and we can learn to give thanks in things that are not favorable. Things we don't enjoy, things that don't make us feel good, that we can learn to give thanks. And I believe Daniel chapter 6, verse number 10, is going to show us how to do that. Daniel chapter 6, verse number 10. Now, I'll be honest with you. I think Daniel's an unlikely example of thanksgiving. When I think about thanksgiving, I think about Hannah in the Bible. She was thankful for what God gave her. I think about the one leper who returned to give thanks and praise to God. He was, hey, that's a great example. Or the children of Israel, when they came through the Red Sea, that's a good example to preach on Thanksgiving. But no, the Lord led us to Daniel. I'm thinking, all right, what does Daniel get? Hannah got a child. The leper got healed. The children of Israel got delivered. They all got something. Daniel's not getting anything but grief. And yet God says, no, he's an example of Thanksgiving If you look down, verse 10, the Bible says, Now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, I think we all know the story of Daniel well enough, I don't have to explain that. He went into his house, and his windows being opened in his chamber toward Jerusalem, he kneeled down upon his knees three times a day and prayed. But then what did he do? And gave thanks. My wife was getting ready tonight, I walked in and told her, I said, I don't know that I've ever focused on those three words in Daniel's life. That Daniel just did not, didn't just go and pray like he was supposed to pray. In his prayers, he gave thanks before the God, before his God, as he did aforetime. Now, can I tell you, if anybody had a reason to skip Thanksgiving this year, I think it'd be Daniel. What did Daniel have to be thankful for? That was the question I was posed to when the Lord led me to verse number 10. I'm thinking, okay, what did Daniel have to be thankful for? Here is Daniel. He's a captive. 
He's forced into service. He has to live amongst pagan people. And yet here he is in verse number 10 giving thanks. Now, what did Daniel have to be thankful for? So I went back to the very beginning. I began reading through the life of Daniel in the book of Daniel. And I, I want to show you tonight what I believe Daniel had to be thankful for. And I believe God's word, better yet, shows us. Go back to chapter 1. I want to show you something real quick. Daniel chapter 1, look down to verse number 9. Daniel's been given the king's wine and meat to drink and to eat. Yet Daniel purposed in his heart in verse number 8, he wouldn't do that. Watch what happens in verse number 9. What was Daniel thankful for? I believe verse 9 has the first thing. The Bible says, now God had brought Daniel into favor and tender love with the prince of the eunuchs. I was wondering to myself, what was Daniel thanking God for? He's facing execution, and yet he's thanking God. In his past, he's been kidnapped, forced into servitude. That's his past. His future is death. He's going to die. He's going to be thrown in the lion's den. What does Daniel have to be thankful for? I mean, Daniel kneels down on his knees. What does he say? God, I thank you for, I believe it's verse number nine. When Daniel looked back on his time there, As a captive, he could tell, watch these two words in verse 9, or three words, God had brought. Daniel could look back in his life and tell that God had brought him to this place. This is important tonight, folks. I believe what Daniel was thankful for in chapter number 6 is that in verse number 9, he was thankful for God's hand. He was thankful for God's hand. Now think about this. Unbelievable story of all that he went through. And yet Daniel, I believe, could look back and tell that it was the hand of God that had brought him to the place that he was at. Now folks, can I tell you, regardless of the circumstance you're going through tonight and that I go through in my life that are not favorable, what a blessing it is the child of God to look back and see that it was God's hand that brought us to the place that we were at. Folks, have you ever had an answer prayer in your life? I, I hope you can all say yes. That you can look back at a time where you had a need and you had to have God work on your behalf. And you look back and you see the hand of God evident in your life. And even though the time was bad, you can tell it was God that had brought you to the place that you're at today. Now, folks, this is important tonight, that even though we go through bad times that are unfavorable, Daniel stands as an example. Hey, it's by the grace of God that God brought me to where I'm at. Look what it says in verse 9. Now, God had brought Daniel into favor and tender love with the prince of the eunuchs. You know, he didn't have to know what God was doing to be thankful for the fact that God was doing something. You know, sometimes we think we have to have it all figured out before we can give thanks. No, you can give thanks before God ever works because you know he's almighty God. He is sovereign. He knows the past, the present, and the future. And as a child of God, you can be assured that God's working in the situation that you don't even have an answer to yet. You can be thankful for the hand of God. Some of the worst times in my life, some of the toughest times in my life where I'm like Job and I don't know what God is doing and I'm trying to figure it out and I can't figure it out. What a blessing it is to know I can be thankful for the hand of God, that he's a loving father. And boy, he's working in my life even when I don't even realize it. 
even when I think it's unprofitable or painful, that I know I can be thankful for the hand of God. I know my Father's working on my behalf. I think that's what Daniel was thankful for. As he knelt to pray, facing certain execution, the Bible says he gave thanks. I gave, he th- gave, believe he gave thanks for where God had brought him to. Today I went in to get a haircut. As you might be able to tell, they did a really good job of cutting my hair. And uh, I walked in the door. I heard screaming and gnashing of teeth when I walked into the barbershop. I looked, and there was a little tyke, probably about five, six years old, in the chair, lady trying to cut his hair. And he was not having one any part of that. He was screaming. He was hollering. And finally, they got mom to sit in the chair and hold the boy down. She became his seatbelt in the chair. That didn't work. Finally, they got dad to come hold his head. And for 31 minutes, that kid let them know of how much he disproved of the haircut. First, I came in, he was screaming. I walked out, he was screaming. Bless that lady's heart. She did a great job uh, of just keeping her cool while she was there. Mom was there holding on. Dad was holding on. I mean, they're just giving them. You'd have thought they were doing a tonsillectomy with no anesthesia. That's what you'd have thought was going on in there. You walk past the barbershop today, you'd have thought someone was being murdered, and you need to call HPD real quick. It was bad. It was bad. And here's this little guy, I mean, tears. He cried until he had no more tears left. He's, he's, he's almost vomiting. He's gagging from his coughing and from his crying. He didn't realize mom and dad weren't there to hurt him. Mom and dad were trying to help him out. But, boy, he just didn't see what mom and dad was trying to do. Here's this lady putting this buzzing machine up beside my head. And all he thought, maybe she was trying to decapitate him. No matter what dad did, the kid just never got it. Sometimes I'm just like that kid. All right, I don't understand what my father's doing, and I scream, and I squall, and I complain, and I gripe, and I have a bad attitude about it, realizing that I don't know what he's doing, but what my father's doing is for my best, and I can trust the hand of my father. I can trust that. What was Daniel thankful for facing execution? I believe he was thankful because he could look back in verse 9 and see that God had brought him there. It's interesting when you read the same story or a similar story about Paul. Philippians chapter 1, verse 12, here's Paul in prison. He says this, but I would ye understand, brethren, that the things which have happened unto me have fallen out rather under the further, furtherance of the gospel. So here's Paul in prison comforting people outside of prison. And he's telling them, I want you to understand that what I'm going through is for the furtherance of the gospel. He says, look, I, I don't particularly like being in prison, but I'll tell you, God's hand's in it. God's hand's in it. You know what? If you go to prison and you know God's hand's in it, it helps you just to sit in prison a little bit more happier, doesn't it? That's what happened when, in the book of Acts. When he sat there, the Bible says him and Silas sang praises at night. Why? He knew God's hand was in it. And as a child of God, the bad times come. I have a perspective of praise based on the fact that when I do God's will and God's hand's in it, I can trust him even though it hurts bad. So number one tonight, what was Daniel thankful for? I believe he was thankful for God's hand. You think about it this way. Uh, when my daughter was small, I'd hold her by the hand and, and walk with her. And I'd lead her. And I would never lead her into somewhere that was going to hurt her. And I'm not going to say I didn't lead her from time to time and something didn't scare her. Because that's a dad's job, to get her kid conditioned for life. And there's scary things in life. And sometimes it's good to just scare your kid. For some reason, Miley was afraid of puppets. She look, look at her face. If you could see her face right now, she just got terrified just by the mention of the word puppets. Uh, I mean, my wife used to get on to me because I would break out the puppet. They were meant for spiritual, but I would use them for carnal reasons, you know. She's afraid of them. 
Every once in a while, we'd, look, we'd be walking somewhere together. She'd hold on to my hand. She knew I wasn't going to lead her somewhere that got her hurt. Can I tell you, our Heavenly Father's the same way. Look, you hold tight to the hand of God, and wherever he leads you, hey, you have peace. Why? Because he's a loving Heavenly Father, and he's not going to lead you somewhere that he's not there with you. That's what Daniel understood. He said, hey, it's God that brought me here. The sad thing is oftentimes we, we pass up opportunities to give thanks because it didn't feel good. You know, I, look, <clears throat> I've talked to a lot of people in my ministry, uh, and we've almost got this attitude in ministry today that if I didn't enjoy the sermon, I don't get anything out of it. Seriously, if we're not entertained when we come to church, we don't get anything out of it. If you didn't make me laugh, if you didn't make me feel good, I don't get anything about it. And matter of fact, I don't have to get anything about it because you didn't make me feel good. Let me tell you, I'm not going to learn that many jokes to make you feel good. Sometimes it doesn't feel good. As a child of God, listen, we've got to understand that sometimes it's not going to feel good, but God's got something he wants me to get out of it. And I can give thanks because my father can even use the tough times to be a blessing to me. I don't have to skip out on it. I can hang around even when it's tough. Why? Because my father's hand is in it. Just a few weeks ago, we were in California. I wanted to go see the sunset of the Pacific Ocean. And so I was driving Leslie to Carmel by the sea. Never been there before. Heard about it. Never been there. So we we're going to go there. And as we were driving, Leslie was praying uh, in the passenger seat and uh, didn't see that we passed this billboard for Gilroy, California. Gilroy, California, if you've never been there, has the unique title of being the garlic capital of the world. I like garlic in my food, but I don't like garlic enough to pull off at an exit just to see some of it. And so I'm like, garlic, I mean, who would want that name? I'm not going to exit there. And so I didn't. I just passed up Gilroy, California, and just kept on cruising. Well, as soon as I passed the exit, I looked up on the, the big building. They had a big old ranch-style building there with all these tourist attractions around it. And it said on the sign, Gilroy, California, garlic capital of the world. And then underneath the sign, it said fresh avocados. I love avocados. And then it said fresh local fruit. I like local fruit. And then I began thinking to myself, I wish I had exited. I wish I'd have stopped and got some of that, but I was turned off by the garlic. See where we're going here? Oftentimes, we avoid the hard times because we don't like that. But the truth is, hey, if God leads you through a tough time, I promise you, there's some avocados and fruit on that exit at well. You know what Daniel did? Boy, you read about old Daniel here. He didn't focus on the garlic. Daniel didn't say, you know what, God just left me here high and dry. I've been kidnapped, forced into service. Now I'm going to be executed. This exit was nothing but garlic. Well, Daniel says, no, i got something to be thankful for. That, hey, I'm going through this tough time, and yet I can look back and see where God has brought me to the place that I am. Job 121, Job said, and said, naked came I out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Can I tell you in my life, I am tempted to say blessed be the name of the Lord when I'm given something. The Lord gave, blessed be the name of the Lord. Oh, the Lord bless you with this. The Lord bless you. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I love the fact that in God's word, God included these words. And the Lord hath taken away. I can be thankful even when the Lord hath taken away. Why? Because if his hand is in the taking away, then I should be okay with that. Why? Because my father knows best. My father knows what I need in my life. My father knows what I don't need in my life. This is why it's important you hold to God's hand. 
You see, Daniel had held God's hand all the way to the place he was at. Daniel didn't worry. Daniel didn't fret. You're going to have a a hard time finding where Daniel was worried. Why? Because Daniel knew that it was God that led him there. Daniel says, I held on to God's hand, and I ended up in captivity. I held on to God's hand, and I ended up in a lion's den. But Daniel had peace. Why? Because he was thankful for the fact he knew it was his father's hand. There's a song we sing. I don't know if we've, we've sang it recently. We may have sang it tonight. I can't recall. The song, He Leadeth Me. I won't get your songbooks out tonight. I have all the verses up here. Listen to the words of the song, He Leadeth Me. It says, O words with heavenly comfort fraught. O words with heavenly comfort fraught. Where's the comfort come from? Because he's leading you. He's leading you. You know that you go through a good time, you go through a bad time. He leadeth me. What does it go on to say? Sometimes mid scenes of deepest gloom, sometimes where Eden's bowers bloom, by water still or troubled sea, still tis his hand that leadeth me. Do you know where the peace comes from? Knowing that it was him that led you there. By water still, by troubled sea, hey, there's peace knowing he led you there. Number one tonight. A good perspective on our praise ought to come from the fact that we know that God's hand is in our life as long as we're holding to his hand as he leads us. I believe, number one, Daniel was thankful for God's hand. Number two, I kept reading chapter one. I got all the way down to verse number 17. The Bible says, as for these four children, God gave them knowledge and skill and all learning and wisdom. And Daniel had had understanding in all visions and dreams. It's kind of interesting. I told Leslie on the way here, you never know how the Lord's going to unfold something. But verse 9, I believe we see God's hand, and that's what Daniel was thankful for, God had brought. Now we see verse 17, the Bible says, God gave. God gave. Here's what's a beautiful picture. Watch this. God brought him to the place, and then God gave him what he needed at the place. So what was Daniel thankful for? He's facing execution. What was Daniel thankful for? He was thankful for knowing God had brought him. It was the hand of God that brought him to where he was. Number two, when Daniel got to this place, lo and behold, there's going to be something needed for the task. And suddenly the Bible says God gave them knowledge and skill and all learning and wisdom. I believe the second thing tonight that Daniel was thankful for is he was thankful for God's help. Number one, he was thankful for God's hand. He saw it by the way that God brought him in verse 9. Number two, what was he thankful for? I believe he was thankful for God's help. Now, can I tell you what would have been easy for Daniel to pray in chapter 6? Lord, you got to do something. God, you got to get me out of here. God, I'm facing certain execution. God, you got to do something. No, Daniel prayed. The Bible says he gave thanks. I'm thankful for how God has brought me is what I think he was thankful for. And number two, he was thankful for what God gave him. Now watch this, when you trust God's hand, you can always expect God's help. When you trust God's hand, you can always expect God's help. So here's Daniel holding to his father's hand, and his father leads him to this captivity. All right, God, you led me here. All right, I'm thankful that you brought me to this opportunity. And now he's there, and now he needs something. Now he has to have some tools for the task that God's called him to in verse number 17. And so all of a sudden, Daniel found God giving him what he needed for the place that he was called to. We always use this term. We've used it a lot in ministry, and sometimes it's a cliche. 
where God guides, God provides. But I tell you, that's not just a cliche, that's biblical truth. That when you trust God's hand to lead you somewhere, you can trust God's help to give you what you need when you get there. Watch, if God's hand leads you to be a missionary on a foreign field and you're going somewhere where you don't know the language and you don't know the culture and you don't have the comfort that you have here, can I tell you, if God's hand leads you there, God's help will keep you there. God's going to make sure you have what you need in the place that he leads you. That's why it's important you hold on to God's hand. Because I promise you, you're going to come to places in your life where you're going to be in need and you need to know it was God that led you there. Or else you're going to quit and go home. And you're going to quit on God. Well, what did Daniel find? Well, I think he was thankful for verse 17, for all the things that God gave him. Isaiah 58, 11, You ought to write this one down. This really illustrates where God guides, God provides. And the Lord shall guide thee continually and satisfy thy soul in drought and make fat thy bones. You know, I couldn't help but think about it this afternoon. I hear people say all the time, you know, I just I have, I have thick bones. Well, there it is right there. It's in Scripture. And make fat thy bones, and thou shalt be like a watered garden, and like a spring of water, whose waters fail not. Now you read all those benefits there. It's talking about a drought. The Bible says that what God will do for you, he'll satisfy you in the drought. He'll be like a watered garden, a spring of water, whose waters fail not. Oh, those are the wonderful gifts of God. By the way, where do they come from? The first part of that verse. And the Lord shall guide thee continually. That means where God guides you, God provides for you, but hey, God's got to be the one doing the guiding. You can't get off of here in right field or left field where you want to go and what you want to do and then expect God to fund the venture. It doesn't work that way. Where God guides, God provides. What on earth could Daniel be thankful for? I think number two, he was thankful for God's help. Here goes Daniel. He's at the place where God's led him. And now it's impossible It's impossible to do what needs to be done. I mean, how could you interpret the dreams? How could you know what Daniel needed to know? Daniel was ill-equipped of himself, but God had guided him there, and therefore God provided for him there. Can I tell you, as a child of God, even in tough situations, you can be thankful for God's hand, seeing him work even the bad times. Number two, be thankful for God's help. I want to read a verse, or actually I'm going to read a whole chapter for you in Psalms 54. I want to read the heading of this chapter for you. Before I give you the last point tonight, the Bible says to the chief musician of Neganoth, a masculine, a psalm of David, when the Ziphites came and said to Saul, doth not David hide himself with us? Basically what this psalm is about is the Ziphites ratted David out. They betrayed him and told Saul where he was at. Listen what David says in verse 1, Psalms 54, save me, O God, by thy name and judge me by thy strength. Hear my prayer, O God. Give ear to the words of my mouth. For strangers are risen up against me, and oppressors seek after my soul. They have not set before them Selah. Stop right there. Sounds like David's in a tough spot, doesn't it? Tough spot, bad spot. I mean, people are after him. Oppressors are come. Strangers are risen up against him. Verse 4, behold, God is mine help. Behold, God is mine help. I love this. The Lord is with them that uphold my soul. He shall reward evil unto mine enemies. Cut them off in thy truth. I will freely sacrifice unto thee. I will praise thy name. What is David doing? He's praising God. Why? Because God is his help. 
The Bible says in verse 7, For he hath delivered me out of all trouble, and mine eye hath seen his desire upon mine enemies. Do you know what David was praising God for? His help. He wasn't in a good place. People were risen up against them. He was on the run for his life, and he was praising God. Hey, God was my help. That's what Daniel's doing. Daniel says, I was here. Daniel was ill-equipped to interpret a dream. I mean, how many of you are good at that? Don't raise your hand. Everybody think you're a weirdo, okay? How many of you can interpret dreams? You're like, man, I had this dream, you know, this was going on, all that. Please don't come at me after service and tell me you can interpret dreams, okay? It'll make our relationship really strained, and I will walk around you next time I see you, okay? You might have a good idea. Maybe you read the dream encyclopedia. I don't know. But we didn't know what, what, what they were thinking back then, all right? Daniel didn't know what they were thinking either. And yet God gave him the knowledge. God says, I brought you here. I brought you to this place, and I'm going to give you what you need to do what I've led you to do. Verse 17, and as for these four children, God gave them knowledge. What a truth tonight. When God leads you there, he won't leave you there. When God leads you there, he won't leave you there. You say, what do you mean by that? Well, watch. If you go where God says go, God's going to be with you when you get there. He's going to be with you every step of the journey. He's going to be with you when it gets tough. He's going to be with you with the good times. Hey, thank God for his hand, but then thank God for his help. Boy, I can look back in my life, see how many times where doing the will of God, didn't know exactly what was going on, troubles come your way. Oh, can I tell you, knowing you're in the will of God when troubles come, that's priceless. You better know you're in the will of God when trouble comes. And you know you're where your father led you, and that all of a sudden you don't have any answers. You can't interpret the dreams of your life. You can't interpret what God's doing, and then all of a sudden God does something. And you thank God for his help. Thank God for his help. I remember years ago we were uh, planning our church in Louisiana, and Man, we had a bad day, and I had a bad day, and my wife had a bad day, which is bad, okay? It's bad when both of you have a bad day. Uh, sometimes I'll have one, but she's not having one. Sometimes she'll have one, and I'm not having one, and as long as that's the case, we're okay because we prop each other up, but this day, we were both having a bad day. I was driving in a, uh, a Ford F-350 Dually. I pulled roll-off dumpsters. That was my job that day, was to drop roll-off dumpsters uh, down in um, uh, West Monroe is where we were at. And I remember I, I was backing it around. I mean, a big F-350, huge truck, a roll-off dumpster trailer, big trailer. And I was backing it up in a community where you really shouldn't have to turn around in. It was too tight. And my front wheels went in this ditch, and my back wheels of the trailer went in this ditch. So now I have completely blocked the road. And I can't move the truck. And you're trying to rock the truck back and forth. And then finally, it just settles down on the running boards. It's getting worse by the minute. Now people are coming out of their neighborhood. Of course, everybody, <coughs> excuse me, has cell phones. They're taking video of the idiot who blocked the road uh, by getting his truck stuck. I had to call a wrecker. It was horrible. I was having a bad day. I can't remember why you was having a bad day. I get back to the camper we were living in, and we both just laid down on the bed and cried. I know that's not very manly, all right? I'm just being straight up with you. I just cried. She just cried. Lord, you let us up here. We're living in this camper, trying to get this church built, and now I got this truck stuck, and all of it. it was, my pride was hurt, number one, because I knew somewhere on YouTube there's a video of this guy who got the truck stuck. It was bad. And I'm thinking, Lord, you led me here, and we're doing what you told us to do. We're having all this tough time. God, could you just do something? Now I look back on that, and I see that God brought us through. Hey, I'm still alive. I survived it. You know why? 
Because God's hand always brings God's help. When you go where God says go and you're where God says be, that God's hand's going to be there to bring God's help. In verse 17, the Bible says God gave them. I think Daniel thanked God for all that God gave him. I believe when Moses stood at the Red Sea, he knew he was a place that God led him there. Uh Uh-oh, trouble come. Here comes Pharaoh. God said, just be still. What did God do? God provided. God provided. He could look back and see God's hand. That's number two. He was thankful for God's help. And finally, kept reading. What on earth could Daniel be thankful for? Go back to chapter 6 and we'll finish out here. Chapter 6, he's about to face his toughest test yet. But as you read chapter 6, you're not going to find panic. You're not going to find fear. You're not going to find doubt. You're going to find poise. Now, what I want you to see is how contagious his faith was in verse 16. Then the king commanded, and they brought Daniel and cast him into the den of lions. Now the king spake and said unto Daniel, Thy God, whom thou servest continually, he will deliver thee. Notice there's a period, not a question mark. Thy God, whom thou servest continually, he will deliver thee. So what was Daniel thankful for? I believe when he prayed in his house in verse 10, He could look back and see God brought. I'm thankful for the hand of God. And on those tough days where he didn't have the answers, God gave. He was thankful for God's help. And now we see finally in verse number 16, the words, God will. God will. The third thing tonight that I believe Daniel was thankful for is he was thankful for God's hope. He was thankful for God's hope. You know, a lion's den is a death sentence. You get thrown in a lion's den, there's no hope, okay? No hope. So how do you know that? Well, look at verse 24. The bad guys that got thrown into the lion's den, watch what happened. The Bible says they cast them into the den of lions, them, their children, and their wives. And the lions had mastery of them and break all their bones in pieces or ever they came at the bottom of the den. They were dead before they ever hit the ground. It's not like the lions were not hungry. The lions were hungry. Daniel had a certain death sentence. And yet I believe that Daniel was able to sleep in the lion's den. Why? Because of the hope that he had in his God. Now watch how this unfolds and we'll wrap things up. When you're holding to God's hand, you can expect God's help and that gives you hope. You see, when you're holding God's hand, when you know God brought You can know that God will give, and you can know that God will. And I believe when Daniel prayed, those are the things that he was thankful for. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, chapter 3, verse 16. What did they say? We're not careful to answer, but the God that we serve is able to deliver us. You know what that was? That was God's hope. They're getting ready to be thrown into the lion's den, and yet they have hope in who their God is. They said, hey, God brought us here. We're not turning our back on him now. We're going to keep our hope in him, even if you throw us in the fiery furnace. That's what I call hope. A lot of times we hedge our hope with personal effort and experience and knowledge. They were just fully trusting in God. So tonight I want you to think about Thanksgiving. That picture, the perfect Thanksgiving. The golden turkey, the family gathered around the table, it's a perfect picture of Thanksgiving. And if that is your view of Thanksgiving tonight, can I tell you, you're going to miss out on a lot of things you could be thankful for. Because sometimes the turkey is going to be burned. Sometimes people are going to be missing from the table. 
In Daniel's case, his thanksgiving included kidnapping, servitude, a death sentence, conspiracy. You're thinking, wait a minute, wait a minute. That's not what I would put on my menu. I'm sure my mom is preparing a wonderful menu for Thanksgiving on Thursday. And she has her game plan. Turkey, dressing, gravy. My dad likes his thin, so she cooks him a separate pan of it, just thin. Uh, and then she cooks the thick, the thick pan for everybody else. And she's got this game plan of what's going to be the, the, the perfect Thanksgiving. And boy, oftentimes we don't include the negative things when it comes to Thanksgiving, do we? And yet Daniel, verse number 10, the Bible says, he kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks. He gave thanks. You know, sometimes hopeless times can be helpful times. Hopeless times can be helpful times. What do you mean by that? Well, when you get to a hopeless time, you have to trust God. When everything else gets taken away and you stand alone before the world and it's just you and God and things look hopeless, you have to trust God. And boy, when you do and you see his hand, you know what it gives you? It gives you hope. So that's why you can be thankful for the bad times. You can be thankful for the hospital stay sometimes, hard as that is to say. Sometimes when we have loss of a loved one or maybe we lose our job or something along that. How can I give thanks in everything? Well, watch. If God's hand led you there, God's help is going to keep you there. And when God gives you the help, that's what's going to give you hope. At an Iron Judson, the famous quote we know well, the future is as bright as the promises of God. The future is as bright as the promises of God. You can be thankful tonight in all things if you have the right perspective on praise. Thanksgiving is not always about what is good, what has profited me, and what is favorable to me. No, Thanksgiving is I'm thankful for whatever God brings me in his will. Because if my father brought me here, then God's going to give me what I need here. And God's going to provide what I need in order for me to have hope, to trust him no matter what. And can I tell you, if Daniel could be thankful, then you and I can too. If Daniel could be thankful. Well, you just don't, uh, no, 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 no. You don't understand what I've been through. No, 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 just look what Daniel went through. Have you been kidnapped lately? Have you been forced into servitude? And no, husbands, I'm not talking about when your wife made you take out the garbage. No. Have you been taken away from everything you know, kidnapped, held in servitude in a pagan world? No. Well, look, then nothing you and I have gone through is anything compared to what he went through. And yet he was thankful. He said, well, you don't know what I'm facing in my life. I'm facing eviction. Uh, my bank account's running out. I'm going to lose my job. I mean, friends don't like, hey, I don't know what you're facing, but I promise you, you're not facing a, a den of lions. Daniel went through a lot. He was facing a lot. And yet verse number 10 says, he gave thanks. What on earth could Daniel be thankful for? God's hand, God's help, and God's hope. Tonight, we have so much to be thankful for. Maybe just for a few moments, an invitation with our heads bowed and eyes closed tonight. Let's just stop to thank God.